brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. And by Beneath. Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. So guess what? I'm here with a really cool guy who makes really cool hats and I'm kind of a hat person in case anybody else has noticed and I'm really excited because I've followed Daisy May now for a little bit but I didn't actually think I would ever get a chance to chat with Gage Spees because that's how I say his last name so I'll never forget <laughs> it and um, I'm just really excited that you're here buddy I'm stoked that you're here dude thanks for having me it's good to be here and you're in Canada unfortunately I'm <laughs> <laughs> all right cool I dig it's where it. we're at it's where we're yeah. at yeah mm-hmm. i like it okay yeah. i've been you know i've been to canada uh several times where all over i used to i i toured in a band for a long time so i like we That's went right. through canada like er- everywhere you know so canada's great yeah most of the time yeah um canada's a fantastic place to live it's a welcoming place to live it's loving, it's inclusive, it's all the bullshit you would want a place to be. Um, yeah. But then, I, I mean, I don't know where, I don't know what you've been doing with your life. I don't know if you heard about this thing. We've got this like flu thing going around. I've heard. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know about it. And uh, I've heard. We, yeah, in Canada, it, it might as well be uh, like the Nipah virus or, or Ebola or, yeah, or just like the plague. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, we've, we lost all our freedoms and like rights as a, as like a human society. So, you know, it's for the most part, it's, it's pretty. Would you rather be there or Australia? Have you seen what's going on in Australia? Yeah. I had uh, my buddy Paul DeGelder on, he's the host of shark week and he's from Australia. And, uh, oh, wow. I had him on, I've had him on a couple times now, but I had him on with, uh, with um garen jones uh, another writer and we were talking about australia that's funny he wrote it up and he's like man i don't know i don't know that that's bad what's happening there is is a whole other spectrum of of control and mm. it's only truly possible because of their society there cannot fight back they have no means to actually push back yeah. And so it's it's troubling. I don't know that I would want to be there either, but I can tell you we run our country similar. We run Australia, uh the UK is very like Canadian. We're very similar. That's why if you go to Whistler, you might as well have been stepped into Australia because everyone mm. comes because it's a very similar environment and culturally it's it makes sense. Yeah. Um I don't know that I would want either. Yeah. You know, I the last time I was in Canada was probably five, like probably five years ago, right? Yep. And this was like Eastern Canada. Is that where they speak a lot of French? Yeah, Quebec, Ontario. Yeah, East Coast. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. played this show and um, 
I was like, well, I'm going to grab some coffee somewhere. And there was like a Starbucks, like half a mile away, you know? Right. And we're in this really cool part of town. So the walk was really beautiful, right? Just kind of walking through whatever city I was in. Right. And I get there and the guy was, I'm sorry, the, the, the lady was like, um, she's like, hey, you know, bonjour, whatever. And I was like, hey, you know, bonjour. and she yeah. just looked at me and she was just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. awesome. I'll just take, you know, a cup of coffee. And oh, then she yeah. was like, tell it to me in French. And then she started talking to me in French. I, dude, I swear to God, she started talking to me in French. And I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I didn't mean to offend you if I did. I was like, I, I don't, I don't speak French. And she just goes, you're from Texas. And I go, no, I, I used to live in Texas, but no, I'm not, I'm not from Texas. And then, so I swear to God, I just go, well, can you just tell me? And it was my last night in Canada. Cause we're about to cross back over into yeah. the next night was like in Rochester, New York. And so she just goes, I go, well, what, you know, how much I owe you. And she just tells me the total in French and I can't see the number cause she had turned the screen away. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making this up at all. And so I just go, okay. So I just get all like the loonies and toonies in my pocket and I just dump them on her thing. <laughs> and I was like, is that enough? Because I'm pretty sure that's like 40 bucks <laughs> Canadian. I go, and you can just have it, you know, like just take Freaking. it and just, just give me my like $3 cup of coffee. You know, it was unreal. I'd never experienced something like that before, you know, but it was like, oh. I was like wow, okay, crazy. I can tell you and I can confirm, I, I know for a fact you're not lying because that is almost every English speaking person's, they've had a experience in Quebec like that. Yeah. Every English person I know across the board and I'm Canadian, even if you've lived in Quebec and you went to a, a more French area that just speaks, just speaks French, they've had those experiences. That has nothing to do with you. That is like straight, normal behavior yeah yeah and I was what was amazing was you know I, I was amazing I was like okay and I but I stepped outside and I was just kind of sitting in the stoop and I was smoking a cigarette drinking my coffee and it's like yeah 9 30 or something and uh this homeless dude just walked up he goes hey man you from Texas because <laughs> I, you know, I wear cowboy, I was wearing cowboy boots like a jean jacket you know whatever yes and I just go I just go yeah, man, I'm from Texas. Like I just started going along with it. And he's just like, you got another smoke. And I was like, here, dude. And he was like the nicest guy I met in Canada. You know what I mean? Oh, like in that little man. city. And I was just like, wow, that's like, that's amazing. You know, but I, uh, I was dying. I was just dying. I was like, you know, but that's just, that's people, right? That's just people, no matter where you are, you know, there's just, I think that happens, you know, I know so it's kind of crazy. I mean, it does happen everywhere else, but I can guarantee it happens. Like it happened to me <laughs> in Quebec when I lived there. Really? In the yeah. Yeah. I was, I got posted to Quebec. So, um, okay. when I was done basic training and all my trade specific training, I got, there are only a couple places you can be posted in Canada for the job I had. And so, uh, French, what was land, your job? What was artillery your job? gunner? No, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I used to blow shit up. It was fun. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. I like, I like to make things go boom. That's why I would like the black rifle guys were like, what kind of mugs do you want? And I was like, let me show you the inside of my office and my yeah. whole side. That is just a grenade. Yeah. I like things like this. And they're like, I have the I green one. Yeah. I, I have the green one. Yeah. Yes. 
yes. me really happy inside. Yes. Um, I think it was the <laughs> bonus of like the, I literally have a World War II grenade on my left side. So I'm like, I think I'm entitled to having two. Um, yes. Yes. And so Quebec itself is different. Um, they tried to separate from Canada, I think a couple decades ago. I think they got like 46% of the population in Quebec wanted to peace. So we were like, wow. like there's that kind of uh, vibe there. And if sure. you don't speak French to them, if you go to say Gadneau or you go to Montreal, you can get away with English. That's definitely your on the border of Ontario. So near Ottawa, the capital, that's very English. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of French there, but you can get away with just English and no one will squawk at you about it. But then once you pass Montreal, you start going north and then you hit Quebec City. Yeah. Oh, it changes, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. All chicken hawks up there. Bro, they don't <laughs> like English. I remember trying so hard to speak English to them. Like no, almost none of the people I worked with at first spoke any English and I spoke no French. So it was like this for like, like weird, like dance we would do. And I'd be like, qu'est-ce yeah. que clock? Like I was in French school my whole life, but you don't learn how to actually converse. You learn the bullshit grammar and the uselessness of it. Um, So yeah, yeah. Montreal in Quebec is like, yeah, that's, that's a normal experience. Like it's just, I asked for help on the side of a road once there and I was in uniform and the guy like would not talk to me at all. Really? No, seriously, bro. I'm not not even kidding. Like it's normal. Like it's that, that's what I'm saying. It's normal. Like great people, super freaky, fucking weird clubs. Quebec city got some dope clubs. Like some like, like real European, like, Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My, uh, my uh, husband used to date a girl from there and uh, yeah, he, yeah. Like I know, I know plenty of women from there. Fucking place, man is, is weird. (laughs) It's like when you go to France, it's like you meet French people, real French people. And you're like, Oh, there's something different going on here. I don't know. About yeah. It. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I've never been to France. Oh, man. You got to go. Everybody I'd love that. to. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. It's like, okay. Bro, cool. You got to go. <laughs> you got to get there. You got to get I there, feel- man. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> you got to get there. Like, yeah, for sure. Go. Cool. All right. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No one's ever done this. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, love it. That's awesome. Oh, no. Oh, that's funny shit. Oh, my God. Oh, I've never... Mm, in almost 60 episodes, I've never had somebody choke me up like that. <clears throat> yeah, you gotta go, bro. You gotta go. <laughs> you just gotta get out there, you know? Man, that's dope. Get the, get the baguette. You gotta get the bread. Gotta, you gotta, the you gotta get the cheese. You gotta go to the, the Louvre. You gotta, you gotta go to the fucking Louvre. <laughs> yeah yeah gotta go bro no i went um i went because i did a a a a charity bike ride i didn't just like i'm going to france like fucking who does that i don't have that kind of money in time come on um no (laughs) so we we went with uh wounded warriors canada and my husband and i went we went for the 75th anniversary of d-day so a couple years ago now and we did a 600 kilometer bike ride, road bike ride for charity. So like over five days, we rode through all of France and had stop points and we did it with 150 of us. So I think we raised like, oh, it was, it was fucking 
it was a decent amount of money. It was over half a million dollars, something ridiculous. That wow. or yeah, amazing. It was good. Yeah. So we did that. So that's the only like that's my no, I've been there one other time. What am I kidding? There was one, but I don't it was like for a day. It was like a stop on a play on a cruise, you know, like you know, you stop yeah. places, you don't like go yeah. to France, you like go to a yeah. port in France. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned D-Day and uh yeah. my mentor, um his father was like there, right? He was like on like in the like the invasion, like the D-Day, whatever, right? Like the, oh, wow. was it the thing? Yeah. Uh like Normandy Beach. Yeah. Is it was yeah. it Normandy? Yeah, okay. Normandy, so, yeah. so you have to forgive me. I, I I don't know much about that, but uh it's all right. So they all went back, right? This was maybe like 15 years ago, and it was like a bunch of dudes in his like it was him and his dad and some other guys, like, you know, in their group. And uh, my mentor, his name is Al, and he's a uh, he was like, hey, what was the, like the biggest piece of advice that you got, like, while, you know, like storming this beach, you know? And um, he asked his dad and his father said, what was it? It was, keep your head down, stay low and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Just keep your head down, keep your, okay. Keep your head down, mm-hmm. keep your ass low and keep moving yeah. forward. And, uh, I was like, wow, that's like just great sound advice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For like every day, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, kind of crazy to think about, you know, it is so. It's when, it, when you, when you get to talk to people from that era, it's a different ball game. You're talking yeah. about something different. You're talking about deep thoughts. You're talking about mm-hmm. thinkers. You're talking about intellectuals who, unfortunately we're put in a position most of the times not by choice to to go experience things that no human should have to experience on behalf of innocence and they come out of it stoic that generation is stoic that generation is I find full of a lot of deep thought that applies that's applicable now to our day and age Um, and these people when you see them like I got to go with a gentleman that came with us, uh, Russ K, he was an artillery gunner. And he came with us on that ride and I got to watch him go. We would stop at, um, we would stop at all of the cemeteries, the main points of where Canadians fought. Mm. Um, because we did, we landed on Juneau Beach. So different beach, but we landed on the beach with you. Um, just like anyone else, any of the other countries, the Brits landed somewhere else. You know, there's the different, different points, Normandy being yeah. the, the main, but Juno Beach, um, he landed there and to witness this gentleman come with us and relive it, but mm. relive it like a fucking champion. This man, Whoa. this man can walk and like he's fully functioning. He's like in his late 90s and the guy is like great shape, like no issue. Like we get off the bike, he's just standing, there's hand in his pocket. He's like, how was it? Like just yeah. really like... <laughs> You know, matter of fact, and we would, we were riding through these, some incredible photos of these poppy fields because the poppies were yeah. out and they were mm. bright red. And it was very, very um, reminiscent of Afghanistan and, and that time. So it's this weird thing because you've got all these, a lot of these Afghan vets riding these bikes and then experiencing that part. And then you've got this guy in a car while riding behind us also experiencing the same thing. Mm. But it from a different era, it just felt really crazy to just get to 
experience it with him it because it was so far apart but yet there were so many you know similarities and and to see somebody handle it and himself the way he does is when he walked onto Juno Beach I didn't get to I didn't get to see the first time he did it but I, I got to go see him like an hour afterward and I remember we all just stood around him and we all individually hugged him we wow. all took our turns hugging him and saying thank you because we were standing in front of Canada House this house they liberated on the beach and the family that owned it then still owns it now. And they live upstairs and there's a museum on the main level. And it was just, you could, it's like you could feel the souls that you could feel everyone there. Mm. It was so, I bawled my eyes out. My husband sat with me and I, we, I, we all cried, but this man just stood there fucking like a rock. And I was like, God damn it. If I could be just, a little bit of character of this man, like in my life, if I can, if I can live up to just a second of what this guy was able to achieve, it's just, it's an experience, man. That's why I'm like, you gotta go, brother. You gotta you go. Gotta go. <laughs> you know, you one thing that go. comes to mind as you're talking about this and just thinking about this gentleman, it's like, you know, he was a young man, right? Young, you know, mm. kid, right? Who knows? He was like 19 whatever. or 18. Yeah. 18, like, 19, whatever, you know? And I, I always go like, what, kind of I was thinking about was the fact that how much that landscape has changed since he's been there but I wonder if him standing there he goes back to the place of you know like where you know it's like growing up in a yeah. in whatever town you grew up and you go home and like oh there's a there's a gas station there now there's a grocery there's a Walmart like that was the field we used to play in like what is that you know we had bike jumps in that field now there's houses you know what I'm saying so I always uh think when I hear things like that I just wonder if in in that gentleman's mind you know he was just mm-hmm. like there was not there wasn't any roads here or whatever you know just thinking back on what the landscape once looked like you know well, where we were I can say where we were I don't know that it's identical but it's pretty similar they really yeah we didn't go through the main cities at all we really like wow. rode the back roads um we had this crazy route and it was through I mean, there was some cobblestone we rode on and every, yeah. it seems like everywhere we went by these, these were the same houses mm-hmm. um, in the same fields. Like it wasn't industrialized or, or anything. It wow. was, it was, I think there were some areas, but they preserve the hell out of it over there. I wonder if that makes it more haunting then, you know what right? I'm saying? Well, like 100%, you know, like, I don't know, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, like that generation just being kind of stoic and things like that. Like I, I grew up in this really small cow town in New Mexico, right? <clears throat> and um, I grew up in this like really small church, right? Like this really small church. And there was this dude there. He was a truck driver, tall, skinny cowboy. His name was Norman. I can't remember his last name, but his wife's name was Lene. And she was like super short and had curly hair. And they're just fantastic, right? But one time Norman walked into church and I always said hi and you know shook his hand whatever but I like shook his hand and then I like wrapped my hand around his fist and, like fist bumped him and he was in Vietnam right and he like looked at me and like would not let go of my hand and then like switched back to like shaking my hand and like squeezed it and he was like don't you ever do that to me again ever and he was like, I mean, he was as serious as the devil. It was insane. And I was like, okay, Norman, like my bad. Like, and I was, <laughs> I was 
13, whatever, right? But I'll never forget it because he had this like Whoa. look in his eye of like, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, well, that's because that man knew violence on an extraordinary level. And he probably like, in his mind, he was like, hippies do that. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably mm-hmm. what it was. But he called me that night after church, which was like weird because it's like, no one calls me. I'm 12. I skateboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. And he was just like, hey, you know, man, you know, he's like, I just want to apologize to you. He goes, I went home and I, I blacked out. I blacked out when I got home. And I feel bad for like what I did and squeezing your hand like that, you know, and I'm sorry. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. But he was like crying. He was like a, you know, 70 year old dude crying on the phone. Right. But I, I, I've, I've never forgotten that conversation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I've, I've just never forgotten it. And it's just, he was a tall, stoic, skinny, truck driving cowboy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what, and he was just a zero bullshit kind of guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I don't know. I think, I, I wonder what, you know, a lot of the dudes that have, you know, a lot of people that have been through what you've been through, you know what I mean? And like how they deal with it and those types of things. It's like, are they going to be like stoic, you know, or has social media kind of changed that game where it's just like, you get to write like traumatic humor, <laughs> like dark yeah. humor. You know it's... what I mean? Like not to go super, super deep on it, but right. Like, no, it's just, like, I fuck it. Why that, not? That's a real thing. You know what I mean? I know a lot of dudes are like, oh yeah, I've seen shit. That's why I write jokes about it. It's like, Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) You got to process it somehow. You got to, I had, um, I had Zach Bell on yesterday. God, I love Zach. He's one of my best friends, dude. Literally one of my best friends in the world. I love that guy. I love him in my life. He's amazing. Fuck, we had fun. And we got, I'll I'll tell you later what happened, but I fucking told him it would happen. I was like, we don't have to talk about it. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. You just, yep. yeah. You just got back, motherfucker. Like, let's not. And he's like, let's. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I got a text and I was like, mm, I knew that was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a smart decision, my friend. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, he's a solid dude. He was, he's funny. And we talked about this. We talked a lot about this, about how do, how do we handle things? Because um, he said something to me and I, I didn't expect it, but he goes, you know, uh, the, I'm, person the only people that hate vets more are vets Ooh. and i yeah. was like oh shit okay we're gonna go there let's mm-hmm. go there all right we'll hit that and we talked about it for a little bit and i said you know you're not wrong i said we need more community and that's why i love what he's doing because mm-hmm. like somebody told me recently that the way i described something that happened to me was disrespectful and i said Mm-mm. no it's not i said if I don't joke about it, I won't cope with it. That's a normal mm. reaction to shit. You got to have humor because sometimes things are so horrific and shitty. And that's quite all right to laugh about it because that way your brain doesn't break. And mm-hmm. that's why he, he fascinates me because he's an interesting duck. I remember for seeing him on on Instagram and stuff like that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, oh, this shit's funny. Oh, yeah. he gets it. And then he explained to me the outfit. I didn't understand the outfit. I didn't understand what he was yeah. doing with it. And I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Cause it all makes sense now. And so, yeah, I anyway, know he's great. I share his stuff constantly because I think 
you know, mental health and community and just being blunt about it the way he is, is so funny. I think it's fun. that one he did with you. I died. I shared that. <laughs> I, I copied the link. I sent it to friends, to family, to a bunch of my SF buddies who live here. And I was like, huh, <laughs> read, listen to this guy. And they just yeah. died because it's, you two are funny together. You two are comical together. I, I like See, it. We, I was, we were just sitting on the couch, just, I, I was, Perfect. I was, we were sitting there doing a, doing a thing. Um, I'm, I'm kind of helping him design some, some mm -hmm. shirts, right? I'll let mm -hmm. him get into it. But, uh, we were just sitting there and he was just like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, man. Well, you know, sheepdog, whatever. Right. And I'm just bullshitting. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I know all the lingo. Right. But I know all of it from hanging out with him and some of the black rifle dudes. And it's just like, I mean, I have, I have no, you know, I, I used to wear my sister's jeans and tour in a metal band, right? Now I make hats, I so I'm in, like, the, the fashion world. But I got plugged into all these dudes somehow, which is, like, mm -hmm. so weird, and I love it. But Zach is, like, my translator. Like, he's, like, <laughs> all things military. He's, like, my – because I'm, like, hey, dude, what – Um, like, I had Tyr, uh, Tyr Simak, Black mm -hmm. Rifle, and uh, I go, I go, hey, what's – uh? what's like a sergeant major is that like a big deal and he's like who are you talking about i was like tear he goes dude no, tears a big yeah tears like tears awesome and i was like oh okay cool and i'm like so is he like a general or something like and he's like no no not at all I'm like, oh okay. I, I have no idea right i'm like i don't know okay. dude like whatever you know um i just think everyone's funny and i just like i'm like wow i love this world of 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 people of humans who chose this career path because it's like you know every dude who didn't do it right they are all like man i wish i could paint my face green and jump out of a helicopter with a machine gun or an airplane or whatever right, right. like right and the ones who did do it they're like i wish i was a comic book writer like they're all nerds you know yeah. like mm -hmm. evan and all those dudes they're like the biggest nerds that i know it's, I don't know. I've awesome. called I've called Evan out three times now. Three times. I'll but, comment on this one too. Evan, episode episode number four. You said you'd come on. Still waiting. Oh, it's cool, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I okay. like to rub that in Zach's face. I'm like, hang on, let me just text Evan real quick. And oh, <laughs> yeah. Dick move. Yeah, I love it. Nah, I gotta nah. do it with Zach. I gotta yeah, do it with Zach. I have to emasculate him somehow because he's so cool, you know. So yeah, you know you gotta do it. You do what my buddy does. My buddy Bishop, he does this. He um he did some he was a Marine and then he did some gnarly shit for a while for some schmack water stuff. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he uh and we were talking and uh my husband and I went out. Uh, in June, we were we went down to Wyoming and Montana and down to San Diego, and um, we went down there. And he, he he pulled this bullshit when we got there. He goes, just looks at me and he goes, candidate failed expectations, and just walks away from me and says nothing else. I said, uh, so what the fuck did you just say? And he yeah. goes, okay, you, you just failed the first task. I was like, I'm not a fucking. You're not, I'm not a minion. You don't yeah. tell me what to do. Anyway, so that's his thing. So he'll like do that to put people in his place. I'm like, sorry. Candidate failed to meet expectations and he'll just walk away. That's his just, thing. That's his thing. And he'll just, you just feel like you've just let him down in some way, shape or form. 
<laughs> it's just like his thing. It's like these this these these guys are so these these humans are so intense that yeah. you have to have humor around them or they will just be mm. too harsh. They'll be if if there was no humor implemented, can you imagine if some of the stuff Black Rifle did had no humor attached to it, it was just oh. all serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be intense. It'd be very it'd be intense. I mean, it already is a great cup of coffee, but it'd be a way oh, more yeah. intense cup of coffee, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know if I could drink this. You, know you what need I mean? humor. You just need humor. And yeah. And I think that's important. And I um I find it funny. I find it funny because uh you brought up the fashion industry. That's something I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Because I feel like you and I are unlikely fashion brand owners. Uh, yeah, I am. I am for sure an unlikely fashion brand owner. Um, yeah. And I feel like you are as well. So mm -hmm. what's that been like for you? Um, How'd you do hats? Like, what's the okay, get in? I want to go. We're going deep. You were in okay. a band. Yeah, I was in a band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I. Um, I dropped out of high school with like three months to go because um, my band got signed. And then we did like, we toured for like four months and the guitar player who owned the van quit. And then I was like, oh, oh no. And so then like, we didn't have a van. So then the band broke up. Um, <clears throat> and then I worked for a band called Oh Sleeper out of Texas. And I worked for them for a couple of years. And then they got me in my band um, called To Speak of Wolves. And so I joined that band when I was like 20 and I just played like my last show like three months ago. Oh, wow. You know? But I'm, I mean, I toured like we would tour, you know, nine months out of the year. And then it was probably like three years ago. We just started like, took, I was like, Hey, I'm kind of done. And you know, my, I, have, I have kids and um, so, yeah, I, but, in the midst of all that, in the midst of, of touring, I had gotten a job at a hat shop here because I used to, I used to ride bulls in high school. Oh, okay. So yeah. So I was a bull rider for a couple of years. And so I'd be like shaping hats, like with my buddies, like over a tea kettle or something like that, you know? So that's kind of where I learned to shape hats. Um, and I've always just kind of liked them. You know what I mean? I mean, just like when I'd be home, I just kind of had like a big straw cowboy hat that I wear all the time and you know, whatever. Right. So I did that. Um, and then wandered into a hat shop five years ago and I was like, Hey, you want to give me a job? Like I can shape hats. And, uh, she's like, sure. I'll give you a job. So I worked for her for like a year and a half and then toured. And then I left in this like really long tour and then she fired me. And then I got back home and I was like, Hey, I'm not really touring anymore. Got my job back. So I worked for her for another year and a half. And then it was two years ago, it was two years in June. Um, I was just kind of like, man, I don't like working for you. I don't like having a boss. Right. Um, and there's just a lot of creative differences and stuff like that. And she's, in the, she's literally one of the best hat makers in the world, you know? Oh, wow. Um, she's just a, you know, I tell people that I did my apprenticeship in hell and my teacher was the devil. So um, it was a very long, like three years, really. And so, yeah, I just, I quit. Um, I quit one morning and then I went to uh, my buddy's own barber shop that had a bar in there. So it was like 10 o'clock. I was like, Hey, I'm, I was like, dudes, I, I just quit my job. I just quit the hat shop. And, and they're like, Oh dude, sick. Yeah. 
have a beer, start your hat company now. Cause I'd been wanting to start Daisy May for, for a while. Um, and I had a consultant and everything at that time already. And we were kind of talking about things and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, man, you can probably get this up and going like nine months, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. So I'd kind of planned for another like nine months to a year mm-hmm. at this, at this job. And, uh, but I, I quit, I quit that morning, went, had a beer, went home and, uh, I called my fiance on the way home. I was like, I just quit my job. And my daughter was like, I was six, seven months old at the time. Like, okay. And I just quit like my full-time job. And, uh, my fiance was like, dude, just start, just start your hat company. Like, just do it. Let's let's make it happen. So I was like, great, I'm going to do it. So I went home started a GoFundMe for like $3,000, not really realizing that probably should have been like 30 or $40,000. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I raised, I raised five grand in seven days. That's not bad, man. It's not bad. It was amazing. And like, dude, it was a GoFundMe. So it's like, they didn't get anything for, for giving me money. Right. Like like a Kickstarter or like uh, one of those, it was strictly. Yeah. It was nothing like that. So uh, raise this money. And then I got some, some hat blocks and got some hat bodies and I just started going for it. And then slowly, but surely people were like, Hey, are you the hat guy? I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm the hat guy. And I was making hats, uh, like in my buddy's wood shop because I didn't have a space. And then this space opened up in the back of an antique store mm-hmm. and it was like 300 bucks a month. And I was like, yeah, oh, I'll what? take it. Let's go. So it was just this tiny little room. I mean, like as big as my office and um, yeah, I just started making hats and then orders just kind of started happening. And then it just, you know, kind of just snowballed from there and it's just been absolutely insane. So I've been on my own now for, for two years uh, since, since June. And um, I don't work in an antique store. I have my own building, which is rad. I have like, two employees which is really weird you know <laughs> I have mm-hmm. I have an apprentice now which is like so weird to say you yeah. know but uh yeah you know it, it's uh I don't have a fashion right I don't have fashion background I don't know about I don't really know much about couture fashion it's actually something that I've been like recently like getting into like watching these mm-hmm. documentaries about like Alexander McQueen and like all these like really crazy people that I'm just like hang on, you make it and then they put it, you wear it once and then it yeah. goes in the museum. Like, yeah. And it's worth how much? And it took them how long to make? Like, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I guess when you kind of develop an eye for it, you're like, I mean, I wouldn't wear it, but I think it, it's beautiful. Sure. You know yeah. I mean? it's, it, <laughs> it, it looks like, it looks like art. I, I mean, I, I kind of err on the side of like, it's just close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean, I'm like, it's close. but that's how I feel about my hats too I'm like I'm like they're just hats man like they're they're just hats you know uh so it's weird when people like you're an artist I'm like "Mm, no I'm kind of so redneck you know like but (laughs) cool like I appreciate it thank you you know well I think it's a I think it's a form of art it's a different medium that people are 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 used to so when they call it art it's I think it's just medium based it's it's it is art I think your hats are art i I'm not going to disagree with other people's statements. I, I'll echo them. If anything, I think they are art. And I think every single one is made with intent. And so by definition, I consider that a piece of art that you just happen to get the chance to wear. Mm. Yeah. 
this high fashion-y stuff, this whole thousands of dollars, like I get it kind of, but I don't get it because I also come from the idea of like, I find that fucking bananas to spend that kind of money on a piece of material that frankly, if a different person picked up that maybe was sourcing from H&M instead of sourcing from Gucci would still be worth the same. And I think it's about the company, right? It's about the, the, what, what the brand, what it stands for. It's not that it's not art. It's, it's the name right where it comes from. So that's the difference between, you know, between some hat makers versus hat makers like you, there's an art to Mm -hmm. it. There's a, a respect within it there there's this idea that it's unique and, and built with intent and love and then you get these pieces that are also built with intent and love but they don't in my opinion serve much of a purpose they mm. are difficult expensive they are weird at most times they mm-hmm. seem like they aren't great for the environment all the time like i just care more about other shit i just yeah the fashion world is a very odd duck to me. It yeah. just is. It's a, yeah. a weird animal. Have you been? Have you have you been to some of the big shows, like um, Magic and New York and any of those? Like, no, five? but I was actually looking at going to Magic this year, um, just oh. because I want to go walk around and see what's going on there. You know, because I know you can. Because the thing is, there's a lot of hat making stuff there, like a lot mm-hmm. of. Uh, um, like fellow hat makers go there and go set some stuff up. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like hat making is weird because it's like, it's super secretive, you know? It's like so, anything else. Yeah. So when people are like, Hey man, how do you dye hats? I'm like, Hey, step nope. one, kick rocks. Like, and I, I cause I'm, and I'm like, that's how I dye hats. Kind of like, I'm, I don't know my thing in a, in a weird way, you know? Um, but it's just something that's like, hey, man, I burned through a lot of hat bodies figuring mm-hmm. this out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I, I get it, you know, but there's but it's like you can go on YouTube now and figure out how to make a hat. Right. You can. You can that's go why on YouTube for anything, anything, anything. Now. Yeah. It's amazing, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's strange. But yeah, like, you know, high end fashion and stuff, it's like it's not, it's not my cup of tea, but I think it's needed though. Right. Like I think it pushes, it's needed because I think it pushes, it, it pushes the boundaries. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. I watched this documentary about a fashion guy. His name is Alexander McQueen, right? The dude I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And are you, are you familiar with him? Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy was wild as hell. Uh huh. Like, yes. That boy <laughs> yes. had demons. Like he was like, "Hey, my last fashion show, I'm gonna be raised in the glass box in front of everyone, and I'm gonna kill myself inside this glass box." Everyone's just like, "Well, don't do that. That's <laughs> weird." Like, yeah. you know. But and he he thought of it as a sense of like, "This is artistic expression. It's like my suicide." It's like, "Well, that's kind of fucking weird, buddy." You know what I mean? Yeah, but the guy dark. made he was real dark. He was real dark. But when you see, you know, that girl who's wearing that really cool, like, white dress and the two robots 
have spray. Have you seen that? The spray paint and they're swirling around her. No, I haven't. Is that him? It's yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, I'm like, that's so weird. It's just cool. You know what I mean? I'm like, that is just cool shit. And now that dress that was sprayed with a spray paint is like hanging in a, in a museum somewhere. It's like, what? Like, who thinks of that? That crazy guy I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate his type of artistic expression. Not the suicide. That's fucking bananas. That's a different Yeah, that idea. was weird. I mean, he's, a, like I said, That's, the boy had demons. Yeah. You know? So I appreciate, like, that idea of doing something like that. I appreciate that. I struggle when I see some of this other shit that mm. looks like, like what? um, tell me like, like, um, uh, Rihanna wearing a comforter. Like, why are you wearing a comforter? <laughs> yeah. Don't sit there and tell me that's fashion. I mean, I yeah. mean, if that's the case, I'll show you some fashion. Then I will grab my sheets and I will build myself something. And that's fashion. Yeah. I get the whole thing. Fashion can be anything and it's subjective. And I, and I respect that, but Jesus fucking Christ, don't tell me that you can wear a comforter that costs $70,000 down the Met fucking, like you can't wear that. Don't wear that. Yeah. That's not, that's not art. That's lazy. I want to see yeah. attempt. I don't know. I'm a judgmental asshole, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to see attempt that wasn't a quilt from a down blanket. I just, I just yeah. want to see attempt. I, the, the, some of the crazy shit is the most intriguing shit. When you see stuff that's like coming off of people, almost like sculpture, like, and it's like this fluorescent mm. colors and you're just like, Oh my God. Like the, just to put that on and even try to attempt and walk in some of these things that they make these women walk yeah. in is terrifying. Yeah. 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 Who was it? There was a lady, uh, She's a singer. Oh, God, what I feel like her last name is, is it Lady Gaga? Hudson. No, not Lady Gaga. Hudson. Is it Hudson? Jennifer Hudson. Is she a singer? Yeah. Is she a yeah? I'm pretty sure Jennifer Hudson's a singer. Yeah. I have to look it up. Hang on, because now it's Instagram drive me nuts. But drive you up the wall. She. Oh yeah, I'll be, I'll just sit here and think about it. Yeah. Uh, Hudson. You were right. That's it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So her. She was there, and uh, I just watched this clip, and she was like, they had like a corset on her, you know? Yeah. And they're interviewing her, and she was just like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm really, really excited to be here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that lady's about to fucking die. <laughs> she can't <laughs> breathe. Know? She cannot breathe. She no. cannot breathe. I'm like, she was like, get this lady some water, because this bitch is about to fucking faint, you know? Yeah, it yeah. Was, it yeah. was crazy, and it, it's like, I don't get it, but hey, she looked awesome. You know what? I mean, to it's each his own. Kim Kardashian wore uh, this head to toe black covered, literally like her hair was. Yeah. Like, did you see that? It was yeah, like I saw this. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She wore a fucking sock. Oh, that's, it. that's what it was. Sock. It was a yeah, sock. A, I thought she, I knew I was missing one. Pantyhose sock is what that was. That was a, and that stuff like that. I'm just like, Not I right. don't get it. I don't get it. And like, it makes me and sad. people love it. It's like, okay, cool. I'm just like, I don't know. No, they love it because it's her. Mm. That's yeah. my point. It's the same with yes. brands. They love it yeah. because it's it's X, Y, and Z. They don't love mm. necessarily what it is. You can't tell me that those Balenciaga shoes that look like they are made out of like some weird robotic plastic are worth anything. You can't tell me that. It's because the name is attached. That's why people. Mm 
are so stoked about you, I think too, is the hat is special, but yours, you are what is special about the hat. The hat is made from Daisy May and to have a Daisy May hat, it means that your hands were on it. That means that that cool person that represents what Daisy May is and, and all encompassing, that's what makes it cool. Like you said, it's, it's special because of, of who it's attached to. It's, mm. you know, well, I, I really appreciate you saying that because I think that was, yeah, I think that's the goal for, for Daisy May, right. Was just like to kind of bring people in, even, even if you don't wear you know, cowboy mm-hmm. hats or fedoras or whatever. It's like, well, cool. Well, look at this. Look at these trucker hats. Look at these t-shirts. Like there's something for, for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I have dudes that come in here. They're like, Hey man, I'm never going to buy a fucking hat from you. But I have, but I have dudes that literally every t-shirt I put out, right? Like, Hey, t-shirt drop. Boom. There's right. a handful of people that it's like every single shirt that we put out, they buy them. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll buy it. It's like, cool. Like, that's amazing. You spent 150 bucks on a couple of t-shirts. That's, that's awesome. You know? Um, right. And that, you know, that's very important to me is the fact that people can uh, see something they like within the brand, identify with it and, and feel and feel a part of it. Right. And that, I mm-hmm. think that was one of the biggest reasons why, you know, I didn't name the brand after it's like, you know, it's not Gage Spee's hats, right. It's like, it's Daisy right. May. And because I know eventually I'm not going to know what's cool anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I know. And I know that. And that that's the truth. Like, that's the truth. And that's when brands start fading out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like, well, hey, man, yeah, you did this, but you did this 10 years ago. And you've, you know, and you're kind of revamping what you did. It's like, no, no, you got to bring fresh minds, you know, younger people younger than you. They're like, hey, that you can trust. We're like, hey, um, listen dyed hats like it's just not it's not cool anymore and I'll, and I'll be like it's not like right. really they're like no it's not uh people want like really clean like clean crisp hats now or, or whatever it is right yeah whatever it's going to be in 15 years or, or 20 years and uh I'm like okay so what people don't like the rabbit smoking a cigarette you know what I mean it's just like no it's not down really bad yeah, yeah, it's like really like, like nature yeah. and like you know like nah. Yeah, yeah, They're like yeah, no, 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 it's it's been known that cigarettes kill people. I'm like yeah, yeah, I know, but really, you know, like whatever, you know. But um, yeah, so I, I get I get excited where when you know I I get randomly plugged into people, and what's really cool about the company is that there's all kinds of different folks that come and buy hats. You know, everybody, mm-hmm. a, a high percentage of, of people like hats, right? right? Or like the t-shirts or something. So it's either the, you know, freaking country star down the road or the dude who plays mm-hmm. the metal band or, or the veteran or the model, whatever, or the everyday mm-hmm. dude, right? Like I get a lot of folks that come in and it's, you know, really special. And they're like, hey, uh, this is my husband's Christmas present. Like we all put in for it. Like want to get him a, a custom hat. I'm like, man, that's really fucking cool like mm-hmm. and that really means a lot to me and she's like hey listen my husband he loves you he thinks like the coolest thing ever like and they 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 had i had a couple they flew in from uh from like minnesota or something like that and they're like hey this is like my husband's 
like Christmas gift and like they like walked in they're like we're at Daisy May like hey and he was like oh my god I was like hey like <laughs> hey I make hats <laughs> I make hats uh yeah you know um so yeah it's something special but you know I think that's why I kind of started doing you know a bunch of different stuff like you know like the videos like the podcast and just mm-hmm. you know get people get a feel for the brand and what the brand stands for and it's like hey dude if you dig it come on man like we're fucking steamrolling down the road here like let's go you know and it's right. it's, it's fun it's fun for sure we, you didn't pigeonhole yourself into anything which was really smart i think i think your willingness to open up and see outside just i'm a hat maker is mm-hmm. what's going to give you that longevity that intelligence to understand that things change and develop and evolve and that may not always be this specific type of thing but if you can adapt and and pursue down a different path that maybe you wouldn't have thought of doing until you started with hats and saw the need for, Hey, if you want to, you want to support us, this is just how you do it. Like you said, not everybody wears hats. I didn't start wearing hat till. Well, until I started doing public things. And then I realized I didn't like my forehead. And I was like, it's much easier (laughs) not to to do my hair. (laughs) And then I was like, I don't want to deal with this every day and have to do something with it. So I was like, hats are my thing. And then people are like, be careful. If you start wearing hats every time you do something, that's going to be your thing. And I was like, all right, well, this is making my life convenient. So I'll just let it be my thing. So hats have been something new. But then when I realized when I was thinking about it, because I was in the service, it was like, well, I went from a beret and a helmet. And then I did other sports with helmets. So it's like, I've just always had like the top half of my head doesn't exist. So I feel like hats are, hats are universal. There's uh, an understanding mm. with hats. There's, they relate to service. They relate to, you know, um, a genuine usefulness with, with some, with people like um, farmers, you know, farmer hats, the farmer hat, the trucker hat that, and I come from Absolutely. families. My, my parents are truck drivers, long haul truck drivers, mom and dad. And wow. so I come from like the hat wearing family. And so I just never, I never really caught on to it. And then once I did, I was like, there is no turning back, but I can appreciate yeah. those who are like, I, I just love this dude and, and his, and what he does and who he surrounds himself with. And it's nice to see that you thought outside the box for that. I wanted to, I wanted to know a little bit, um, a little bit more about you though, because mm-hmm. you, you were in a band and, and can you, can you talk about the type of music uh, that you played and, and what you did? Because I, I have some questions pertaining to it. Yeah. Let me get a black rifle. We'll jump right in there. Oh, right. Well, I like that. That was from my mini sponsored by, sponsored by black rifle. They don't sponsor the podcast. Eventually they'll get it together. Here's an yeah. espresso 300 milligram. Yeah. Look at you go Gage. Happy national coffee day. Bro, are you going to drink it. that and then go like at night? Oh yeah. This stuff doesn't do anything to me now. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't get, I, they just sent me some in Canada and mm-hmm. I'm like, but they don't have those yet. They don't have those ones. Like they don't have like the cold drinks. I don't think up here yeah. yet. So I'm like, you guys, I need, I need the cold. I want, I want them all. Yeah. You got to come down here. I got a, I got, I got a fridge full of them. Come to the shop. I am. I'm coming down to the States on Friday. I'm going down to Are see them really? next week. Yeah. Oh, can you swing through Nashville? Uh, I can look at the calendar. Come on, dude. I, come hang out. I, I know, um, I know, I know. Oh, I know. I'm going. I'm going down to do Aya first, and then I'm going to getting on the plane like a smart decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, it's love it. Yeah, I'm excited, but like, no, I'm like, I'm just gonna like force. I'm just gonna get them to put a case in my bag and 
just going to drag it with me back to Canada and yeah. they ask if I have Absolutely. anything. It's like nothing, nothing. Had nothing for you. So shut up. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you're back to your question. So, you asked about, no, so um, your, your music, because you, you yeah. played, you played in a band and I, and I want to talk about the type of music you played because I just go ahead and explain exactly what your, the type of music your band played in and, and, and what that was like for you. Um, well, it was, it was heavy. It was like really like heavy, like hardcore metal, you know? So it sounded like, you know, I don't know, Norma Jean and, and Under Oath and, you know, the, that, that kind of, mm-hmm. every time I die, like that kind of stuff, that's what we were into, you know, uh, that's what we played. But, um, yeah, it was a band called, uh, to speak of wolves. And, um, I'd kind of, I came home from this tour working for O sleeper and I kind of got, they, they needed a, a lead singer and, uh, I was broke because I was terrible with all the money I made on tour. So I had to ask my dad to buy me a plane ticket. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Hey, do you mind playing in North Carolina? And he was like, yeah, well, what are you doing out there? And I was like, well, I'm going to go try out for this band. They're on solid state records, which is, it's like my dream label, right? Ever since I was like 14, I was like, I got to be in a band on solid state. I want to be a lead singer of a band. What I want to do. And, um, and so my dad was super rad and he was like, yeah, well, when do you want to come back? And I was like, just buy me a one-way ticket. Mm-hmm. I just need a one-way ticket because I'm going to make this happen. I think I was, I think I was, uh, I had to be, I was probably 20, I think I was 20 or so. Um, and uh, he was like, okay, cool. You know, let's do it. So he was, he was like, see you later, man. I had a duffel bag and, you know, and, that was it. And I flew out there and I, I made it and they didn't tell me I was in the band until it was like five months in on this like really huge tour we were on. And we just finished tour and uh, I'd actually just called my dad and I was like, Hey, I, I think I need to get like some business cards made to, you know, hand out to some other bands and stuff like that. Just trying to think of ways, right? Like I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is really working out. Like I feel like I can get along with the guys and stuff like that. I just, uh, you know, they're about to go into the studio and, you know, record this new record. And they hadn't really said much to me about it. And uh, they were assholes because they told me like the third day, they were like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is our guy. But they kept this terrible joke going for like half a year. Oh. And I was like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I, I'm, I don't think this is going to happen for me. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but, but what that was like being a band, you said, or, or whatever, it's, uh, it was very, it was very therapeutic, right? I've always loved heavy music. I've always loved like, you know, Asley Dine, Slipknot, and like all these heavy bands. And, yeah. and I got to play shows with a lot of those bands and, and, you know, tour with a lot of those bands. And it was, you know, amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I, my parents like split up when I was like 17, 18. And so that caused like a lot of like hurt, you know what I mean? In my life. Right. I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the most like traumatic moments of life probably spawned from that. Right. So what was amazing about being in this band was the dudes were like, Hey dude, write about anything and everything, whatever you want to do, you know, you got free reign of that. Um, so being in that band and being able to say what I wanted to say was an extremely therapeutic for me, you know, mm-hmm. and then you, you write these records and you put it out and, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty fascinating because you you got some kid from 
you know, bumfuck Idaho. And you meet him. He's like, hey, dude, check this out. And he shows you your album artworks tattooed on his arm or something or, or like lyrics that you had written in a journal right tattooed on his chest or whatever and you're like what like <laughs> for real you're like older than me you know because you're <laughs> you know at that point that was 21 when my first record came out so I was just like wow. what are you doing like what are you what is this what is this life you know it's right. just uh it was strange but um but incredible because you know it was, it, it was uh up until that point in my life is all I'd ever wanted you know, was to be on solid state and put records out and tour. And I did that, you know, so it was fun. So so, you, so safe to say you accomplished some things early on, which is, which is, I would think to be, you know, an incredible feeling, but also, I mean, you were so young when you accomplished like that, that's such a, most people work their whole lives to get to that point. Yeah. So I had, I had three goals, right. It was like, put a record out, buy a magazine with my face with my face in the magazine uh, I'm sorry four goals uh, turn the TV on and see my music video and you know buy my own record from Best Buy right and I did all that by the time I was 21 and Ooh. I was just like whoa okay cool you know and it's it's amazing it's like it, all those things are so rad to you know, you grab Revolver magazine or whatever and you flip it open. You're like, here's my interview. I can't believe it. Or, <laughs> you know, you're flipping through MTV2 or whatever when they, when they, I don't know if MTV2 plays music still, whatever, but they had like, I don't know, the heavy, the heavy thing, you know, like Fuse yeah. TV or whatever and our music videos on it. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. But the thing with touring is it, it becomes very cyclical, right? It's, it's, <clears throat> you get to a city um you you load in you find a coffee shop mm-hmm. and then you go back you warm up and then you you change your clothes you put on your really shitty smelling clothes that have like salt stains all over them <laughs> and sweat stains it's just nasty and then <clears throat> excuse me you play for 30 minutes or or 20 minutes right or 15 minutes depending on where mm. you are on the tour and then you go and you sit at the merch table and you talk to people which is awesome, right? And and don't get me wrong, like playing shows, that's free, right? Like it's you charge to travel, you charge because you're driving twelve hours, or eight hours, mm-hmm. and whatever. But then you you know shows done, you load out, you go to a bar, you hang out. Hopefully, you find some chick to make out with. Then you get back in the van and and you're on the road again, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just got really old for me like really quick, you know? And then I was like, wow, this is fun. And, but you know, then you get like, oh, we got, we're going to write a new record. So, okay. And then the record label's like, Hey, we're going to put you on warp tour. Hey, we're going to put you on this tour. And you're like, wow, okay, this is it. Like, this is going to be sick, you know? And then it's like, well, Hey, why did the other band on the label that's smaller than us get on warp tour? And we're stuck with this fucking headlining tour. Okay. Like what's up with that? You know what I mean? um and it's just yeah just you know politics but i mean our label was rad they let us do whatever the hell we want you know they're like yeah here you go here's a budget here's a budget for some music videos and go write a record yeah yeah exactly absolutely yeah no i'm curious about that because um i remember very much like i grew up i was like not all the way but like when i could start picking my own music it was rap 
and Alexis on fire and as I lay dying and I yeah busted open my eyebrow in a mosh pit listening to 94 hours going so hard like I like, oh my god I love as <laughs> I dying Tim was just here dude like three weeks ago I really shut the yeah, fuck great. up yeah, you got to get him on the podcast. He's amazing. I love that You're guy. You're going to have to hook me up. You're going to have to hook me up because I, my God, most of my high school was spent dating a guy who played in a band. Then they, for every time they played that song, I'm like, for fuck's sake. And then I got into all that music and then I started listening to all of it. And it's crazy. It's a whole culture. It's a whole way around it, that, 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 yeah. that type of music. And I brought it up. I wanted you to bring it up because I think it's interesting when you talk to people in that type of environment, um, this, this repetitive motion and where everyone thinks that your life is fantastic and perfect and awesome because you're successful and you've made it, but nobody talks about what that actually does to the brain and how that affects someone psychologically and mentally and the longevity of that. And I, I mean, you did it so young. So that's why I'm like, and you, you accomplish it all Mm -hmm. so young. Yeah. That doesn't, I, I mean, I wonder what did that feel like for you though, when you got to a certain point, because you said you have kids. And so, I yeah. mean, that's not uh, the traditional route. I know a lot of musicians end up going, but because maybe you accomplished everything so early you were able to do, like, I'm really curious about all of you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, I wasn't touring when my kids were born. Okay. So I, I, I'd already like, we'd already like kind of stopped touring. Um, but, uh, you know, tour, it's rad. It's, it's awesome. Right. It's awesome. Um, it's also very isolating and like, it's kind of incredibly lonely. Right. Like, and when you're, you know, kind of singing like fucked up songs every night, you know what I mean? You're just kind of like where I'm going. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I kind of hate myself and you're kind of stuck in the cycle. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I was married at one point when I was touring and you know, it, like at one point in my life, I was like, I gave up everything for this band. You know what I mean? And it was just like, I'll do anything for this fucking band, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, dude, my wife's not down. She doesn't dig it. It's like, cool. We should get divorced. Like not, you know, whatever. I'm just not going to deal with this anymore, you know? So, um, but I think it also does a thing too early on, like when you're touring like that, at least for me, it did where I had a tour manager handle all my stuff, right? Mm. Like, Hey Gage, uh, there's a Starbucks half mile away. Um, excuse me. There's a gas station two blocks away where you can go get your cigarettes. Here's the Wi-Fi password loadouts at this time. And so-and-so get the first drive shift and mm. Gage, you have <clears throat> three interviews in an hour right and it was just written on my day sheet like every day that was like my thing you know so I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't really do anything like I literally just fucking hung out like hung out and and like sang sad songs right where I'm like oh my life like ah you know but not not to downplay like what I've been through um but I I'd realized uh I'll say this. I think, I think by starting this company, it showed me that like, um, I had a real victim mindset, right. Mm. Where I, I was like, I was a victim, you know, I never did anything wrong. Uh, people should help me. 
right? This whole thing. And then by starting this company, I came to the conclusion that nobody's going to give a shit unless you give a shit, right? Like you have to, you have to do the work yourself. Like you have to be down in the fucking dirt and the gravel and whatever, and you have to build the foundation yourself. And that's what mm-hmm. I had to do with this company. It forced me. And so now I'm at the place where I'm like, I'm not dependent on anyone and I don't care. Like you're either with me or you're not, but right. I'm fucking going forward, dude. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that does a thing when you're, when you're young. And I mean, my, dude, my band wasn't huge, right? Like at our peak, we pulled like, I don't know, 300 kids a night. You know what I mean? Like, don't downplay your success to me. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying there were more shows with 30 kids than 300 kids, right? That, that kind of thing. But, um, but I just felt really entitled, right? Like, and it was hard for me to like hold a job and like work at like a real Mm -hmm. job because. I'd never had a real job before, you know? So I go from being in this band where I'm signing autographs every night and doing interviews and doing the thing to being like, yeah, how would you like your coffee? Like at this little cafe here in Nashville where I'm just like, this fucking sucks. I should be on tour right now, you know? Like, and everyone in Nashville, they're trying to get a record deal and I'm like, and I'm making fucking coffee and I have a goddamn record deal. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, how it kind of fucked with, with my head where I felt more entitled. And I was just like, man, fuck all you people. Like, I'm so much better than this. I'm so much better than making coffee. I'm so much better than like making this fucking grilled cheese sandwich or, you know, loading boxes at FedEx or detailing cars like being like I've had so many jobs right like right or being a fucking like Zamboni driver like fuck these parents fuck these kids like whatever like no one knows who I am but in this other world I'm like a really big deal you, you know you know what I'm right. saying yeah um so I you know when when you start this when I started this company and I'm like well, fuck no one's buying my hats and I need to like sell a hat so I can fucking pay rent so I don't right. lose my apartment that my family lives in. Right. You know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you can't call your parents. You can't, you, you're gonna, you can't ask for a handout. Well, then I was just like, well, fuck it. Hey, dude, do you need a hat? I remember we were talking about you needing a hat. What do we got to do to get you in one? Right. I mean, there were multiple, there were months where I was doing that. Like, hey, do you remember your time when you want to get a hat? Did you want to get one? I'll give you a deal. Right. You know, like. I'll drive to your house and do your appointment at your fucking house. Like, right. I just did it. I just, I like chewed crow for months, you know? And I think that was the biggest mindset change that I needed to make. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that when I was younger, but hindsight's always, you know, 2020. So it's like, you know, but, but, but do you really wish you had that when you were younger? Because if you did, do you really think you would be where you are now? I mean, it, I think people have to go through some shit in order for them mm. to learn on their own, I feel like the most successful way for individuals to learn is to learn by failing. Yeah, I, And absolutely. I don't mean failing in the traditional sense. I mean, in your mind, you were better than them. You were doing all these things that you, you know, yeah. you're better than. 
So you, you failed to an extent. And so in the way that you were, your thought process was, and I think people need to, we need more people to eat shit because it's just the truth. If they do, they're more inclined to try harder. It feels like. Yes. Yes. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. You know, I think, uh, You know, I, as I look back on touring and, and those types of things, I think the one thing I wish I could, I could change was that um, I wish I took more time to get to know the dudes that I was on tour with rather than huh. looking at, looking at them as, as competition. Like I have to, out, I have to outperform them. So we sell more t-shirts and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> um, and I, and I did that. I, I'm happy to say that I did that later in my career, right? You get a little bit older and you're on tour. It's like, Hey, who are you? Where are you from? You know, what do you, what do you, what's your family do? Whatever. Right. Like you just kind of mm-hmm. get to know these guys you're on tour with. Um, but early on, I, 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 <clears throat> I failed at that like hardcore, you know? And I knew that like, people are like, yeah, Gage is an asshole. <laughs> like, and and I was, I just was, I would just say like snippy shit. Like, well, cool, dude. Well, call me when you jump off the fucking PA system to the crowd. You know what I mean? Or like, I would say shit like that to the dude I'm on tour with. And it's like, why am I saying that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I was fucking 22 and really insecure. Yeah. That's why. You know, a lot of that shit comes from insecurities, you know? And yeah. then, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you get older and you're like, hey, I want to see you win, right? Like, I want to see you fucking win. Like, how do we, you know, how do we put on a great show for fucking everybody? Like, you want to do guest vocals? Cool. Okay, well, I'll come do guest vocals for your band too. Let's do it. That's fun. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that was a, a mindset change that, that I did have later, which is I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad too, because I don't, <clears throat> it's interesting because you, you look at individuals that are a part of your team as your competitor. And that's a fascinating perspective to look back at it that way with, with those people. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because when you're young, I mean, my God, if I, if you asked me to go do the same shit I did when I was 19, like go deploy and stuff I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm dealing with it. No, yeah. no, yeah. I know what that yeah. entails. I'm, I'm not yeah. dumb enough to do that anymore. I'm not dumb enough to put myself like in that position, but you have to be, when you're young, there's this element of, you know, you're naive and you have to go through mm-hmm. some shit. You have to learn the hard way. You have to figure yourself yeah. out. And they think learning that, Hey, I, maybe I said some shitty stuff. Okay. But maybe I said it because I wasn't secure. I wasn't sure of myself. It was my way of protecting myself and just being able to have that forethought and just, or even willingness to look inside yourself and understand that's what it was. Instead of me just like, oh, I was a dumb kid. It's like, well, yeah. you weren't a dumb kid. You went through some shit. You struggled with it. And that was your way of, of dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I, I find that interesting. I know that I felt like for me, at least for me, when I was in that group of people, we listened to that type of music. It was, it was very, it was like, that's what I noticed. It was, it was dark and it was heavy all the time. There was no light to it and music's great, but I also, and I love that genre of music. I still listen to it, but I also know myself well enough to know now that I can't listen to it all the time anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Me, (laughs) me too. So you know, it's funny you you bring that up because uh, our guitar player, uh, his name's Andrew. I call him Swampy. It's just been his nickname for forever, okay. right? I call him Swampy. Okay. Um, we knew we were best friends because when he joined the band, he was like, he liked country music. And I was like, oh, thank God. I love <laughs> country music. So, 
you know, we go play this heavy music and then when we're leaving, you know, we're cruising our freeway list and like Alan Jackson or some like 90s country shit, you know, but because yeah. it's like you can only take so much every night, right, of like some dude screaming about how much he blames his fucking dad for whatever it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I get it, man. I wrote that record. I understand completely. I, I, I you know, but yeah. uh, yeah, you know, you just, you need to take a break from it. And I do too. Like when I'm feeling really, really creative here in the shop, it's like, I put on something heavy. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it's like always like, like I, it's either like Deftones or like this or the apocalypse or whatever i just put on something super heavy and i blare it really loud and my apprentice his name is pony boy that's what i call him i call him pony boy i'm a big nickname guy i like nicknames right so it's like i feel like you're gonna get sued your new nickname is gonna be sued real soon suit me no no it's okay i'm making a hat for the real pony boy so he doesn't care so okay i'm like you're gonna we're good okay never mind never mind i should have known better how dare i how dare you? Yeah, his name is C. Thomas Howell. Awesome dude. He was really, yeah. really cool. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> Pony cannot stand heavy music. Like, oh, no. he's just like, he's just like, <laughs> like, and I'm like, hey, man. But he's getting better, right? I've been like, like hey, dude, just, you're just going to get into it a little bit, you know, because he listens to, like, Culture Wall and Midland oh. and, like, oh. Sticky Fingers. Like, that's it, right? Like, that's all he okay. listens to and uh but every once in a while I'll, like just put some heavy on and i'm just like moving and grooving i got this hat i have a vision for it and i'm just executing it i'm really excited about it and i just kind of like when it's going i'm just gonna just i get this head bob and he just goes yeah man you're fucking in it now like and he just knows that when my and there's heavy music and my head's kind of bobbing up and down i'm focused on this hat he's just like don't fuck with them leave them alone because something you know about to make some hat that's weird and obscure probably which you're is kind of what i do you're in the <laughs> i'm in the flow dude you got yeah. it yeah no, i get absolutely. it absolutely yeah no, i get it i totally get it that um yeah fuck that music was goddamn i remember being like 16 standing out outside in peterborough ontario i was waiting to listen to metric and then alexis on fire for like the third time and i yeah. remember i was like I'm going to meet every single one of these guys. I don't care. I'm going to do yep. it. And then I did. And I waited and I met them all. And I was like, life is complete now. Yeah. That's yeah, how like absolutely. music like that for me, when I was, when I was a teenager, that music was, was my, like everything. It was yes. all encompassing. And I, I, I had to have it. And now when I listen to some of the old, old, like not old, old, but older stuff, you know, that I'd listened to back then, I'm like, holy shit, did that ever like vibe? Yeah. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. I was listening to some seriously old shit today in the car on the ride home from something, and I had a good meeting, and I was just like, I'm just gonna listen to some of this, and I was like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Who are you listening is. to? Oh no, it's like I don't even like it was like old stuff from like when I was like 12. Like I was listening, I put on. Oh like, wow, there you go. <laughs> like a My Chemical Romance song, like. I was like, yeah, there she is. There she is. Been a minute. <laughs> Haven't had some spacers so I, in the years in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take a break and come back to some of that stuff, you know, just to see if it holds up, you know, just yeah. to see if it holds up. Like, there's, um, 
Silverstein. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, they're from Canada. Yeah, you got Aren't me thinking. Though. From yeah. Canada? Yeah. Okay, dude. So I saw Silverstein uh, with I can't really play with. It was this place called the Attic in Albuquerque, right? Because I okay. the town I grew up in is is like thirty miles east of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. There's a place called the Attic, and they're playing there. And uh, my buddy's band was playing. Excuse me, I was probably 14 at the time. And their the first record, when Brooklyn is easily fixed, to just come out right. It's like the most uh-huh. emo record in the world. Oh my uh-huh. god! <laughs> Let's just be real. That record sounds fucking terrible. I listened to it. I was like, oh my god! Lot. Oh, it's I haven't listened to it in a so minute. Good. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Don't, don't. It, it, let, let, don't. It, let it be good. Your, let it be good in your memories. Um, they played a show, oh. and there was like 20 people there. And then they had talked to my, I'll never forget this. They talked to my buddy and they're like, hey, dude, do you mind if we play in like before you and then you guys headline? Because everyone's here for you. And so like, they're all just going to leave after you guys play. And they were, my buddy's band was like, no, dude, there's like, I shouldn't say like 30, there's probably like 100 kids there. And they're like, no, I think everyone's here for you. Like, we don't pull these kind of people. They're like, no, 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 everyone's here for you. Let's just, let's play before you. They're like, okay. So they did, and then and then they get done, and Silverstein leaves, and there's a huge fucking walkout. There was like five people left in my friend's band. Oh no! And yeah, it was hilarious, and you know, I look back now, I'm like, oh, I know, exa- I know exactly what they're doing. They did not want to be at the show, and they wanted to fucking leave. Yeah, and that's what they did, you know. So it's hilarious, but um, but that's let me ask funny. you. So what what made you want to start your company? Like, tell me about Brass and Unity. Like, what what is it behind it that you're like? I got to do this. I got to fucking start this thing. I, I didn't mean to. Really? No, I got injured in Afghanistan and ended up getting uh, medically discharged in 2011 after my tour. And so for me, this thing came out of art therapy. Mm. So I started, um, I was in treatment. They sent me home two weeks early uh, before everyone else. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they sent me home and, um, I had some doctors that weren't great and they had me heavily medicated. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, it just wasn't good. Um, and then I tried to retrain me. It didn't work out. Fucking idiots. The, some of the stuff, it was just not great. And then at the height of all this, I was on 10 different meds a day. And so, they, I'm, I, I, it's a long story. I'm sorry. I'm, I did not expect you to ask that. Nobody asks me shit like ever. So it's weird. Sorry. Um, so what happened? That's was what happens I, when you have someone else, the podcast. I know it's fucking weird. <laughs> Just have me on your show. What are you doing? So all my people know about this shit. So I, before I deployed, I met a guy and we were good friends. Um, he's a professional supercross racer. And I was actually there to meet I was actually at the race to because of his teammate. I was sleeping with his teammate. I didn't know who right this on. person was. I didn't know who this guy existed. And so yeah. um, he, we all came back from an after party or whatever. And he was in the bed and he had broken his wrist that day. And my girlfriend, there was like eight of us. She's like, you know, listen, like I can't sleep in a strange bed, but I don't want to sleep on the floor. I got a boyfriend. We sleep in between me and this dude with the thing on his wrist. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So I, whatever. And he rolls over and he's got this like cardboard box on his arm. He's like, hi, I'm Brady. And I'm like, hi, I'm Kelsey. 
and uh, we just got talking. We we stayed, we exchanged numbers, we became friends. I deployed, all that shit happened. I came home, all switched off, and um, we started dating, long distance dating. Me and this guy, and um, so he was really the thing that kept me from suicide from like 2009 till about when I could actually move. So they kept me in on the East coast of Canada, but he lived in British Columbia, which is the far West. Okay. And so I finally got released in May of 2011 and I got a whole new set of doctors out here. And that's when everything changed. And I had this doctor named Dr. Greg Passy and he's like a Rwanda vet, like served in Rwanda and Bosnia during the genocide, Ooh. like some serious shit. He's, a, wow. he's my old, he's my old man. He's still my doctor. He's been my doctor. Oh yeah. For, He's been with me since 2011, so 10 years. And wow. um, he's been amazing. And so when, one day he made a stupid comment that was like, hey, what if you like tried some art therapy? Like exposure therapy is not working. Like what if we try, like just go play with something, go do something, like just try something with your hands. I think we just need to, let's try that. Because that, for the while I would just like stare at the wall or like work out excessively or just, mm. it wasn't good. I wanted to die every day. Yeah. So, um, uh. so then... I got, I heard a rumor that crystal, like crystals could help you. And I was okay. like, okay, cool. Like I'll try anything at this point because nothing was working. I was so unhealthy. I was so depressed. I was so mentally defeated. I was broken. And, um, so he was like, he was like, uh, my, my, my boyfriend at the time, he was like, why don't you go get some like beads or like some stuff? Like there's shops in Vancouver, go downtown. So I go down to this one shop called Country Beads. And it's just like crystals fucking threw up in there. It's just so yeah. many little pieces. And I'm like, oh my God. I asked this girl named Sue and she's the owner. And she she walked me through like, these are good for depression. These are good for anxiety. These are good for grounding. These, And I'm like, cool. Can I just buy some shit? And she's like, absolutely. What are you trying to do? And I was like, I don't know. And so I bought beads. And um, I called up some friends who were still in and asked if they had any spent like casings that I could use. And so they, my buddy sent me out a box. He just to preface this, Denny Dickhead's listening. Like, I know you are. No, we didn't steal them from the range. He shot those privately and gave them to me. So enough. Anyway, so he okay. sent them to me. Is that yeah. a, I got to pause you. Is that a thing? Is that like a thing that, that goes you on? You can't take... In the military, you can't take things from the range. Okay. And I got accused of that when I first started my company. They sent the RCMP to my house. Whoa, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I say, whoa, shit, like I know what the RCMP is, but- the Federal police. I imagine it's- Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Mounties. You know, the ones that ride the horses? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and so, but like that happens, right. That happened at the beginning because I didn't have a gun license, but I had all these okay. casings. So where is she getting them from? And so uh, somebody reported this. And so anyway, so I, it gave me some casings. And then I said to my, my boyfriend, I said, you know, I was fucking around the kitchen table and I got some like wire and I got some like raw rocks and like round beads. And I got like some casings and like a hammer. And I'm just like looking at shit. <laughs> and he was like, let me get you a pipe cutter, like a handheld pipe cutter and you can cut them. And I was like, all right, cool. cool. So we did that and I cut one down. Um, and then he was like, you know, if I, I'll make you a wood block. So he made me like this wood block so I could pop the, pop, put the casing and flip it upside down, then pop the firing pin out. 
And I was like, oh, okay. So I can make like a bracelet with this. And then I, and then I created the warrior bracelet and it's just beads and a seven, six, two or five, five, six round cut down. And that was the start of my company. And it was supposed to be for art therapy only. And it was supposed to just help me. But then like, my husband has two successful companies. He comes from my father-in-law's a successful business owner as well. And he's retired now. And so they said, you know, if you want to do something with this, we can help you do something with this. And I was like, okay. And so (laughs) great. So I like, somebody saw a bracelet on me and was like, Oh, I like that. And they're like, can I buy those? And I was like, I don't know how much I would charge you because I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't understand cost of goods. I didn't understand labor costs. I didn't understand taxes. I didn't understand any of that or even how to, what to do. It's okay. I still don't either. I have a team of people that do that for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. It's, it's really hard. Um, so I tried to figure this out and kind of taught myself, he taught me so much and I taught myself how to build all this stuff. And mm-hmm. then he was like, okay, well, you need to like, try to find ways to buy it more cost effectively. Like, can you order it in bulk? Can you do those types of things? And then, so we went from like my kitchen table to, um, I had, a, it used to be called her wearables because I was just, I wasn't trying to make anything. And I just had this dream that I should call it that. And I did. And then I, so I was like, created a line sheet and then on the line sheet. And, um, I was like, what do I do now? And they're like, we just go to stores. So I would start cold calling stores and then yeah. I would just start knocking on doors. And then somebody eventually was like, I like those. Like I could carry those. Like what are the margins? And I was like, well, what margins do you work on? Do you have a line sheet? And I'm like, I'll be back. And so then I would go back with all this and then they would order stuff and I would hand make it on the kitchen table. And then it would move from there to a small room in the house. And then it moved Mm. from the house. Um, And at that point I got an opportunity to meet. Well, it was weird. I went to magic. Um, I didn't have a ticket. I was pregnant and I just brought a backpack of samples and line sheets. And I kind of like, made somebody feel bad that I like didn't have a ticket. Like I was like, Hey, like I, I think I bought the wrong ticket. I bought a sourcing one. I needed this one. It's like, just, they just gave me tickets. So then I just like knew it was super frowned upon to do this, but I'm like, I can't afford a booth. So I was like, yeah. just go into the accessory section. And then just when people come out of their meetings, I would stop them in the hallway in like the, yeah. in between booths. And I'd be like, hi, yeah. <clears throat> do you need to buy jewelry? Let me tell you about a veteran owned company that helps vets. Awesome. And I did that. And then I would sign stores. I just like pull them out and like sign stores. And um, that's how I started for retail. And then I went to dinner that night um, at Carbone in Aria. It's like one of my favorite Italian places. It was so great. And and shout I out. There. Shout out to Carbone. Hell yeah. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? No, I'll tell you about my, my last Vegas trip here in a while. It's uh, mm. fucked up. But yeah, it was cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, those are often rough. Those are often yeah. super rough. Huh. So I, I, they didn't have a table available. And um, so they're like, we've just give us a minute. We'll see if we can get something. Cause I didn't book anything. Cause I'm an idiot. And uh, I was there with someone and a girlfriend of mine. And they're like, Oh, we have this two seat table. And so they sit us down and then, and then they have these two other guys come sit down beside us and they're chatting away, doing their thing. And I'm sitting there and I had a stack of bracelets. It's, it's they're just like, they weren't all gold like this, but they're beaded. And then they have the casings on them. And um, this guy leans over and he goes, what is that? 
And then I said, oh, it's this, I have a company. This is what I do. It's a, it's a, it's a spend casing. And I said, what are you here for? And he goes, oh, we were here for the Clinton um, conf, like campaign because this is the time that Trump and Hillary Clinton were um, like going at it. I don't know. You guys were arguing. Yeah. They were arguing about something in Vegas about the yeah. debate or something. There it is. And yeah. um, and then this guy's like, oh, well, we're here too because of magic. But, you know, we're also here for this. And I was like, oh, cool. And I'm like, why do I know this guy's face? I know this guy's face. Then they introduce yeah. themselves to us. And I like... We leave and they're like, yeah, I think we could like, we'd love to chat with you tomorrow if you have some time. And I was like, like, we think we can help you. And I was like, cool. And then I get back to the hotel room and I Google it and it's fucking Jesse Tyler Ferguson's husband, Justin Makita and Todd and Todd Hawkins. And they do incredible work um, with the Tie the Knot Foundation and um, gay rights in LA and all these amazing things. And I was like, holy fuck. And then yeah. we met with them and they're like, hey, I think we might have some celebrities that might want to partner with you to work on, like if they have a charity and stuff. Sure enough, yeah. um, they got me in contact with Beth Bears from the neighborhood and Two Broke Girls. And Beth had Very a sexual cool. assault foundation and I built a bracelet for that. And then next thing you know, she brings it on Ellen. Wow. And then mm. after that, um, my mom was a truck driver. My mom's a truck driver and she was driving for Kevin Hart's What Now Tour. And then, so every time cool. he, he would finish a show, um, he, she would bother him and be like, you need to meet my daughter. You need to meet my daughter. You need to meet my daughter. Mom's the like best, that. aren't they? Yeah, bro. She I went love hard. That. Yeah. I love that. And he finally caved. And when they came to Vancouver, my mom's like, bring stuff for him. I don't know if you'll get to see him. Just bring stuff. So I did. Yeah. And I met with his bodyguard and he's like, look, if he's, I'll ask him, but if he says, no, I can't. And I was like, cool, whatever, man. He's like retired sure. uh, NYPD guy. Just like, I'm like, cool, man. I'm just grateful to be here. Finish the show. And he walks off stage and I just see the bodyguard like wave me and my husband. Well, at the time, by then we had, we had gotten married. So I'm with the yeah. same dude. Um, the motorcycle and, rider. Yeah. The super cross racer. Okay. Brady. Yeah. yeah Brady. Yeah. So, okay, he's so got Brady a, is your husband. Yeah. He's my husband. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm tracking. Okay, I'm tracking. You're okay, tracking. Cool. You got this. Yeah, we're um, good. We're good. We're yeah, good. No worries, man. So, um, so then, yeah. So we went and met Kevin, and I gave him some stuff, and then I gave him the stuff, and that he like pulled it out and was talking about, it, and he goes, "Can I give you a piece of advice?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, man. Like I'm down." And he's like, uh, "Men won't wear something from a, a, a from something called her wearables. You need to make it like unisex. Like if you could, like mm. I would." And I was like, cool, man, that's not a bad idea. And then we, we talked for about 15 minutes and um, he was super awesome and was really gracious. And then we left and then he fucking tweeted it to 26.4 million people. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. And I was still making it on the kitchen table by myself. Like, I like, come on. Wow. And so I was like, oh, Jesus. Wow. And then so this gift. became a thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it was difficult because then I, um, I then I started to learn that people don't all like bullet casings and people don't always, always like the military and like what you're trying to do. And then I yep. had to force, I had to force my way into the fashion industry. And then I, so what I did, it was just like, kick the door open and insert myself, whether they like me there or oh, not. Yeah. And then, and then kind of fast forward to now where we've done over half a million dollars in donations. We donate 20% of the net proceeds of every piece. We work hand in hand with charities. We do a lot of outreach work. We have a sunglass company. We're the only ones that have the patent to put bullets in the temples of sunglasses. We have. It's <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Oh, wow. Sick. 
yeah. So like I, we do different things and, um, now I, I use this place to help and it's been almost six years and we've, we've, yeah, we're here now. And, um, it's, it's been crazy. We've got a beer coming out. We've got some other crazy shit coming out, but like, we're, we're kind of rocking and rolling and we got nominated for, we were nominated for a fashion award last year and, um, we didn't win, but it was for fashion impact, which was philanthropic work in the fashion industry. And it's just, it's, 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 we're doing it for all the right reasons. I'm doing it because I wanted to help people. And this was my way of helping people again. And so I found my voice and I found my happiness again. And I found, I figured out who I was because of this company and this company has saved my life. So yeah, I didn't mean to, but here we are. Yeah. Here you are. Yeah. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So what do you do with something like that? You know, I mean, I think for me, it's like you may have 20 really cool irons in the fire at one time, right? Yep. And three happen out of the 20, you know? So having Kevin Hart tweet about you, like, what was that feeling of just like getting home and being like, holy shit, he tweeted about me? Like, oh my God. I didn't under, I don't know that I understood what this could be or was or wanted it to be. I, I, you know, I think I was told I would never work again. I think I was told I probably wouldn't be functioning in society. I think I was told that I it would have been easier if I died, there would have been less paperwork. I think I was told just sit down and fuck off. And so, yeah. you know, I've never been a quitter. I was a fighter for a long time. I fought professionally for a long time. And I, I know I can, could heal myself. I know that now, I don't know that I knew that then, but what I know about, you know, having those types of experiences and really, really not understanding what they are was kind of helpful, I think, because mm -hmm. there wasn't this pressure and expectation attached to them. There was yeah. more of the, that's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like yeah. when I went down to meet with Beth for an event, when we launched her stuff, like I was in the room with like Kat Dennings and like all these comedians and like Whitney Cummings was there. And like, all, like, it was just a weird experience. Like I was a fly on the wall for a moment that I just never thought I would be in that type of circle. I mean, I was in the military. I was a tomboy. I wore baggy pants and t-shirts and listened to screamo music and Eminem. Like I didn't think I would ever be, this would be my space. And yeah, I made it my space and I made it where I'm comfortable and where I'm happy. And I don't do things in the traditional way. Um, like the fashion industry does. I don't subscribe to scheduling. I don't do launches. I don't, I pick and choose when I want to do my things. And I'm, I just, I run, I run everything differently. We work four day work weeks. Yeah. We don't do five days. Like I just, I care about different things. And so sure. when you get those experiences, they're one in a million and to have had handfuls of them. And I'm just starting now to wrap my brain around some of it because it's intense and it's a lot and it's overwhelming. If you really sit there and go, holy fuck. Cause now I've got the pressure of, I got to top that. I got to do better than that. I got to go bigger than that. Mm. That's just how yep. my brain works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying with that. <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's been, um, I think that's one thing that a lot of more people are are doing. 
you know, they're like, yeah, you know what? That may be how so-and-so does it, but that's not how I do it. So I'm just not going to do that. And people are like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, I just don't think I'm going to do that. I don't, I don't care about those types of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think when you kind of enforce like your thought process on something like that on this like industry that's whatever you know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself like a force to be reckoned with in the in the fashion world, but it's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I just kind of do whatever I want. I support Black Rifle and Kill Cliff, and you know, I just do my thing and I just fucking make hats and it's, and I don't really care what anyone thinks. Right. Right. I think once you get to that point, right. Like what you're saying, we are like, I'm in this room with all these people and you're just kind of like, this is weird. Cool. I'm here for it. I'm just down for the ride. Right. Right. Exactly. I think that's what's so fucking sick because I think a lot of people would be taught to like, okay, well, Hey, remember when you go, you need to make sure you network and you need to, you need to fucking shake her hand. You need to suck that guy's dick. And you need to kiss her ass. Right. Exactly. And you know, I mean, yeah, I know it's it's so refreshing to hear someone else who's just like, yeah, I don't really care about it. Like, it's cool. It's it's neat. And and it's like you're definitely grateful, right? Oh, I can yeah. hear the way you talk about <laughs> it and the way you talk about your business and your life. It's like, man, this chick is awesome. She's extremely Thanks. grateful, you know, and I think that's really I mean, I think that's really awesome. Um but I think what's more awesome is the fact that you're like, it's, I just do it. I do things my way. I do things my way. And I, I think as other people, how do I word this? Let me say this. People ask me for advice all the time. Right. Mm. Oh, and really? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. dude. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Okay. Like I, I can't help you with, this business of whatever you're making I'm like I don't know dude just fucking go for it just go and say yes until you have to say no that's that's right and just keep going just fucking keep going right um so I find it really refreshing that you're just (laughs) like yeah dude I'm just fucking here for it man it's awesome this thing has grown and it's built and we meet these really cool people um but you're like I would still do this with or without those people's support right? Like, because this started a thing for, for you Mm -hmm. and, and mental health, which is awesome. So I think if that's always your, your base, right, that's always your, your support and your foundation. And you just keep building on top of that, like all this other shit can grow and be cool. But as long as that's your foundation, it's like, yeah, dude, that's solid. You know, I started this Mm -hmm. company to feed my fucking kid, you know, I'm like, yeah, I got it. I know how to make hats. I know how to make hats. And that's what I'm gonna do. And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, this is fun. I literally do this just to, you know, feed my children, you know? Right. And take them to Disneyland. Like that's like my goal is like, gotta go to Disney World. You know, that's like know. that's my big goal, you know. <laughs> I know. We gotta we gotta go to Disneyland and I um oh sorry, one second here. Not to be You're rude. Great. My uh, husband's losing his fucking shit. Um, kids, man, my son's being a, my son's being a wiener right now. My son's five. <laughs> my son's five and he's a wild animal, but it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, Disneyland's a <laughs> Disneyland. We were talking about, it's funny. Cause we were talking, my husband and I were talking about that. Um, 
we want to take him to Legoland. But like for us to come yeah. down with him is a nightmare. It's a living yeah. nightmare for us to come down with him because yeah. even even if we both follow all the rules and do the double vax thing and do all of that, we still have to quarantine because he can't. So it's like we wow. yeah, it's it's we can't do we can't fly with it's a fucking nightmare up here. I mean, it's not it's not worth us doing anything like that with him right now. So I, I understand what you say though because it's important to to look at things um, from a broader lens. And I think people are always so hyper-focused in onto what they're doing yeah. and how much money it's making them. But like, I say this often and I'm very open about it. I have never paid myself from here, ever. Wow. Because yeah. I have a goal of donating a million dollars and then I'll take my pay. But I don't, I'm not, awesome. I'm not working for that. That's not what I'm doing. This place keeps me healthy. Mm-hmm. This place keeps me mentally on track. This piece, this place is my, you know, calm. Like, the studio I'm in, the top of it is a meditation space up there and a relaxed space because cool. I need that. But you have to, I think if we allow ourselves to think differently, we can allow ourselves to live differently. And that's quite yeah. all right. You don't have to su- subscribe to anybody's ideas. Like, I mean, there's grenades on my walls and bullet casings everywhere you look. I don't even own a gun. I have more casings here than most people <laughs> have in fucking ammunition. I have yeah. literal, like, I, you know, it's, there is no norm you can make anything any way you you want it to be but you have to you have to want to do it and you got to be willing to try yeah so many people just don't want to try because the idea of failure is more intimidating the idea of success well i think it's a you know an insurmountable mountain that's placed in front of people and it could be a plethora of other of other things too right Mm -hmm. that they're worried about but it's like man if you just take one step and start going, yeah, you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. If you really want to, you're just going to fucking figure it out because you're not going to leave yourself with any other choice. You know, I mean, I knew when I started this, I was like, this is, this is going to be like, I never want to have a boss again. I don't want to work for anyone ever again. Come I on. just don't, you know? Uh, and, and that was, um, and that was a, a thing, you know, a, a deal that I made with myself. Just like, I'm never going to, I don't want to have a boss anymore. I'm mm-hmm. over it. You know, yeah. you know, it's just like, this fucking sucks. You know, I've had a boss for fucking, you know, oh, like 28 years. Like, fuck right. that, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I so. agree with you. I remember, I remember saying that to myself after the military. I was like, when I was told, like, you can't even leave to go visit your family without permission, Right. You have to get paperwork to go a certain distance from the base. And I remember going to myself like, what the fuck did I just do? I hate being told what to do. I hate yeah. it. Oh my God. I don't like being told what to do. It just sends me through the roof. I'm like, no. And like, I'll say no to anything. If you tell me what to do, even if it's something positive, it's just my instinctual reaction. No, you told me to do it. So no, like I'm a brat yeah. about it. I'm a child about it. I don't like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always do it. I'll always figure out what needs to be done. Just don't tell me what to do. I don't, I, that is a immature attitude, but I, I don't know why. I just, I hate that. It's ingrained. I just despise it. I, I don't quite understand it. It's irrational, truly, obviously. Do you think then that it was like a really good humbling experience to be in the military for you because you were always told what to do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fuck you, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The it's your, your life is not your own, man. When you're in there. Oh yeah, no, I can't imagine that. Yeah, your government uh, property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. My brother, um, 
my brother was in the Navy for several years. And uh, I remember we get in like fist fights or whatever, right? Like, cause you know, he was like 19 and I was like, you know, 16 or whatever, how old I was, but we, you know, just be, he'd be like, just fucking kicking my ass <laughs> or whatever. And he just be like, Hey, you can't hurt me because if you do, the government's going to fucking sue you because I'm government property. And then I was like, well, shit, I can't be sued. Like I'm fucking like 15 years old. You know what I mean? Sued? So I took it to heart, you know? <laughs> like, this this guy's shit kicked. You know? Yeah. My dad's just like, what the fuck are you guys talking? Like, are you guys stupid? Like, what are you doing? You know, like uh, uh, Roberts of the government's going to sue me. So there's so that. great. Um, That's just his fault. Mm-hmm. You should just start filming all of your, your hand to hand combat with him. So that way they know it wasn't mm-hmm. your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Train them well have. enough. You should have. Yeah. That would have been entertaining. <laughs> oh my gosh. What are you excited like- about next for your company? I'm sorry. Uh, I cut you off. No, no, no. I was, no, it's fine. Um, Good question, my friend. What am I excited next? Well, I got some stuff coming out. I got some stuff. I got some stuff. I got yeah. some stuff. Yeah. I got some stuff. We'll talk. I got some stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. We got stuff. Yeah. I did. Uh, Love it. I did. I went down and I did the Lex Friedman podcast last week. So. Oh, how was that? Oh, he's he's so cool. Lex is my comrade, Rebros. I call him my my comrade now because I feel like after the photo we took together, we both look like Russians and I feel like I should just be Russian now. It's just part of it, man. He's dope. I He's... thought he was, I thought he was like the weirdest human. And then I was like, I was like, when he was on like the Rogan show, I was, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's weird. And then I listened to him. I was like, this guy's incredible. This dude's nuts. I love it. He's one of the most brilliant minds of our time. He's, he's intelligent and he's, He's funny. He's funny. Yeah. I like to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like my, it was my goal. And I think I succeeded oh, really? several times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love to make people uncomfortable. It made super satisfying for me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like weirdly, I don't, I don't understand psychotic if you must, but I enjoy making people uncomfortable and it's just, it's fun to love watch it. people sweat. So it was, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, it was weird. I did, um, I put a story out. I just get these weird feelings every once in a while, like intuition, if you want to call it that, just being like, just try it, just go do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. And yeah. nags at me. So I was like, I'm going to just do it. So I put a story out on Instagram one night at like eight o'clock at night. And it was just like a lime green thing. And it just literally said, I think I screenshotted it. It said, I want to talk with Lex Friedman and Russell Brand, putting it out to the universe. Hit me in the DMs. Fucking Lex saw that. <laughs> And no shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then a week later I was down in Texas. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. What a, yeah. what a, it was see, weird. That's so cool. That's so fucking cool because you know, that's, that's like the, emo- the most amazing thing about social media is that right. It, it connects you with those it types can be of, used- of- yeah, if it's I feel like if it's used if it's used right. I feel like people yes. use it so it can be it's used so um what's the word I'm looking for? Not wrong. Wrong is not the right word I'm looking for. It's used it could be used for so much more in such a yeah. better way. Yeah. If we only just stop the people from controlling it and doing the shit that they're doing with it. Troubling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's troubling because I think 
we are all trying to do something positive for most of us with it, but it also is this, it's this animal now that feels out of control. Like I, I know a lot of my friends, we get things taken down and stuff. And I know maybe that's not the way for a lot of people, but it happens to be for my circle of people that it happens to a lot. And so it's frustrating, but it's nice to see some positives come out of it when it does. And just like, yeah, ride that wave. Cause otherwise how accessible is somebody like that to get to? Yeah. I mean, for God's yeah. sakes, you know, I have a similar story with that. And it was like within the first month that I started my business and, uh, Brendan Schaub, who's like stand-up comedian guy. He's so um, fucking funny. He's great. Yeah, he's, I love that guy. And uh, he was like, hey, I'm coming to Nashville. And he like put this this thing. And there was like this picture on his Instagram. And there was hundreds of comments, right? Like, and I was just like, hey, thick boy, get your ass in a hat. And then he was just like, DM me, dude. And I was like, holy shit. And so I DM'd him, I some message. And he was getting a tattoo at my buddy's spot. And I went and met him and made him a hat and nothing came of it. They didn't really wear it. Nothing crazy. And yeah. I was like, oh man, like that was cool. Like I still met him. And I got, you know, it's whatever. We got a picture here. It's cool. Um, and then like eight months later, he's like, bro, I need another hat. I'm wearing this thing all the time. And I was like, holy shit, dude, what? like let's, let's go. And I made him this hat that's based off a pair of like, off-white sneakers so like the ribbon of the hat is shoelaces and um like the lightning bolt i didn't brand one in um it was like the rhino skin leather from from the jordan factory you know from the nike factory and so and there's like trim like on the back like the 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 brim of the hat like the bound edge i did a, a partial bound edge so it's like the tongue of the sneaker you know, so it's this whole, it's this whole Jesus. thing. It was really cool. And, um, he was like, they were, they were talking about, uh, they, they brought up something and Chappelle Lacey was like, dude, Hey, Gage is making me a hat <clears throat> on, on Brennan's podcast. And Brennan's like, dude, did you see the new hat he's making me? He's like, no, he's like, bro, it's like this off white hat. Like, sorry, like went into it. <clears throat> and then when he came through town, he was like, I go, hey man, I have your hat ready. I'll just come because I already had Brendan's template, right? So yeah. I, I take your template. It's a whole thing. So already has template. Made him this hat, and I went and met him at the at the comedy club. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I gave him his hat, tried it on. He's like, bro, thank you, whatever. And uh, he was like, well, cool man. Hey, let's let's grab a picture real quick before you leave. And I was like, cool, that sounds awesome. And didn't think much of it. It's like took my picture with him, and and you know, shook hands, hung out for 15 minutes more. And, and then I left. Right. Yeah. On my drive home. Right. I live like 30 minutes away from this comedy club. He had posted a picture of, of us together and like tagged me in it. And when I got home, I had over like a thousand followers and it, and like, I mean, in like 30 minutes, dude, it was insane. And I was just like, Holy shit. Like what I mean, what a guy, like what a guy, you know, and that, that just, and now, now he's just like, Hey bro, need this hat. Hey bro, need this. And I've made a hat for him and his wife. And we're just like really good friends now. Right. But it all, it all goes back to just fucking putting it out there. Right. Like you said, like I just put it out in the universe, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's what happened with me and the black rifle dudes, you know, all I ever wanted to do was make a hat for Evan. Evan's like my business hero. 
right. you know, like it's cool that he does like military shit, but like I get to follow that dude around for a day and mm-hmm. watch him like run that company yeah, and do a podcast with him and all that cool shit. And then I got to make him a hat and I was like, well, fuck, I'm crossing off my bucket list now. Like yeah. now we're just friends and that's fucking weird, you know, yeah. because I'm like, I have a crush on Evan. You know what I mean? It's like, cool, whatever, you know, it happens. You, here's the good thing. I was lucky because when I got there, I had mustache. Evan. Oh, he had a cool mustache. That's my favorite Evan. That's my favorite oh. Evan. Clean shaven like Evan. I was cut? like, nah, I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. I'm like, give me the mustache. Too much, of a, guy, you he's know? too much of a dad with the clean face. You need, you need the yeah, rough. I don't want that shit. Like, hey, dude, get that yeah. shit out of here. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, give me the, give me the mustache and the little thing. And a part, little, part of it is because I can't grow facial hair. Oh, you know? fair. You're envious. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't shaved in like three weeks. So, wow. You would have been cool. great in the military. You would have been perfect. Well, see, the problem is I, I still wear my sister's jeans. So I think so that has to mind. do with like, yeah, you know, I just don't think it's for, for me at all. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't disagree. I feel like you're not the type. No, no, no. not at all. Not no. at all. But I am a sheepdog. Like Zach said, I, I am a sheepdog. Well, so. I mean, listen, that's fine. That's, that's totally yeah. fine. I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Hey, as long as you do your part, <laughs> as long as you do your part, yeah. well, then I got you. That's fine. Don't yes. worry. Like, it's fine. Yes. You're almost a seal. It's fine. I, <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. You know, when people say I'm it's fine, friends it's fine, with Trevor fine. Thompson, he will vouch for me. He'll be like, yeah, Gage is like almost a seal. For okay. Sure. Well, I'll have to talk to him in order to, to actually believe that because at this point, yeah. you know, almost a seal. Eh. We'll see about that. We'll find out. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I can do like 12 push-ups. I'm almost the seal. I can do five, but I do have a 30-pound kettlebell that I use like once every couple weeks. That's okay. As long as you're using it once every couple weeks, not once every month. Yeah. Okay, I good. Accept We're that. good then. Yeah, you're okay, fine. Okay, cool. We're cool. See? We're cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I saw... Um, I saw because I follow Brendan. I, I saw um, I saw that photo. I saw that photo you're speaking about, the one that he posted and stuff. That's that's incredible, man. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. Is people, if they're willing to put it out there, you'd be you'd be shocked at what comes back if you just yeah put it fucking out there. Take the chance. I feel like people are worth. They don't realize that they're worth taking the chance on. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, Why do you think that I really is? Think it's an insecurity that. thing. I think it's an insecurity. I think it's, uh, I think it's not just that. I think it probably comes from childhood issues. I think a lot of people, if they weren't taught how to be secure in themselves when they're young, that's often very difficult to start when you're going through puberty and going through probably one of the more tumultuous points of your life in, in, in high school. I feel like if you don't have that solid base right off the bat, that's gotta be an insecurity issue. It's gotta be. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I am. So, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I've been in, I've been in, I've been in fucking therapy for 10 years. I might as well have just done an MD at this point. It would have been more use of the time. Yeah. Doctor, Dr. Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, great. So I'm almost a doctor. Yeah. Great. You're almost a seal and I'm almost a doctor and yeah. it's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. I can almost do surgeries. It's like fine. Yeah. I, I, I identify as a seal. So, oh, okay. That's well, good. as long as you do, you should get the tattoo. 
I just, it, what, uh, what's the tattoo? You know, like the trident. You ever see people to do that? You ever seen stolen valor oh. like that? That shit's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they. I've seen those things on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One guy has just like all the fucking buttons. You know, like all the buttons. Oh, and the guy's most like, buttons. Yeah, the guy's like, you fought in World War One and He's the like, Civil War, and he was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because that's the point, motherfucker. We're pointing it yeah. out to you. It's it's obnoxious. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm a big fucking deal, dude. Duh. Of course I was there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I be? Why would you assume I wasn't in World War One? Why? Why? You racist? God. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong with you people. Piece of shit. Whatever. Just hate. Just, yeah, just yeah. whatever and walk away. Just like just like it's a nonchalant cup. Whatever. Like they're the fucking yeah. idiot. Just play it yeah. right off. God, that shit's yeah. funny. Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. But I'm glad I'm I'm stoked that you had that. I'm glad that you got that exposure when you did because sometimes all it takes is the spark and that's all that's needed. And that's often what happens with people who try and put effort and, and drive and accountability. And obviously you're doing all of those things, man, or people wouldn't be flocking to you. I try to. I try to do all those things, you know. I, I definitely, uh, I don't know, I think it just, I think it a lot of I think a, a big portion of it is just being nice to people. You know, I think just being nice. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we may not agree on everything. And that and that's fucking cool. Like but who says we have who to cares? Exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, hey, just just be nice to folks. And uh I'm a big proponent of that, you know. And uh and work hard. And that's gonna what I try to do every day and you know every once in a while someone buys a hat and it's really fucking cool you know <laughs> dude I see you're fucking yeah. hilarious you're hilarious but you gotta come back on you're gonna have to come back on I would love to yeah let this me know too much let fun. me know I'm loving yeah, this this is me, great well, I'm uh I'm gonna cut you there because uh I think I I've got I've got about already off the top of my head I've got about six different other things I want to talk to you about so I'm gonna cool I'm going to save you for another episode for later on, because I think people are going to be super stoked just to, to find a little bit more about you. And you need to make, um, you're gonna have to make a toque though, because then you get all of the Canadians, right? Cause winter for us, What's that? What's you know, a like, a, what do you call them? A beanie? Oh, a beanie. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, speak English. Yeah. I have one over there. It's, it's called a toque. Yeah. Yeah. P-O-Q-U-E. yeah uh, we got, we got beanies, uh, in the pipeline right now. I got beanies in the pipeline and then I got, um, we got a black crew neck sweater coming out that has a huge fucking Rottweiler on it. That's like drooling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess it's really cool. Yeah. I got like, mm-hmm. what else we got? We just dropped those new truckers. These ones yep. Saw we'll, them. Send, we'll send you some, we'll get you a little care package together for oh, you. Geez, um, you don't have to and we're making that. you a hat too. We're already making you a hat, which is fucking sick. Yeah, uh, apparently Logan fucking Stark pulled that out. I don't, he just was like, Logan. he just, he was like, when I was doing my interview with him, he was like, hey, like, you need, to, afterwards he texted me, he's like, you need to talk to Gage. And I was like, cool. Um, I'm not you. I don't have everyone's yeah. phone number, bro. Like, I love that when people are like, yeah. you need to interview so-and-so, like, as if I, like, I've got them and they're back, they're fucking just, yeah. like, wait, come yeah. on. And then, and then he, like, did the group message and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm getting yeah. a fucking Daisy May hat. And then my husband's like, no, yeah. you're not. And I was like, no, I am. And he's like, sure you are. Yeah. And I was like, no. And then I showed him and he was like, oh, why did they want to make you a hat? Do they know who you Logan are or something? So. Logan. I was like, Logan yeah. messaged I was like, I him. To. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, that dude has been such a huge supporter of me. I fucking love that guy. But um, but yeah, but we'll get you a beanie. We'll get some beanies made. We got gonna... a bunch of new t-shirts popping out for winter. And what else we got? And that crew neck. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, you know, we're gonna shit. have a good little, little yeah. I'm real big on t-shirts. I love making the t-shirts. And yes. what we need to do too, uh, Kelsey, we need to get you out here. So what we're doing is we're starting a veterans program, right? Oh, snap. And yeah. So what you do is you would come out, you'd make your own hat, right? We'd walk you through it. You're going to make your own hat and we'll treat you to like breakfast and lunch and dinner. At the end of the day, you're going to do the podcast with us, you know? What? So, um, but it's cool. It's called Operation Heavy Lies the Crown. And I got, this is the shirt actually. Here, oh, that's fucking brilliant. So I was wondering like what that rabbit. was. Yeah, here, let me grab a shirt and show you real quick. It's oh, really fucking cool. So, so Chris Hunt from Black Rifle did this for me. So it's just the rabbit with like the quad tubes. And so the cool thing is, is we do not, like we don't sell these. Like these are never going to be for sale, right? And you have to come do, you have to come do the program and come do it, come hang out for a day. And then you fucking, you get a custom hat and you get that. And all we ask is that you share your story. That's it. Dude, that's so. fucking dope. Look at you go. Get some. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. It's fun. You're doing things for the right reasons. And that's why they're working is because you care outside of yourself. Fuck. Dude, hey, art therapy. Art fucking art therapy, therapy. <laughs> bro. <laughs> fucking making hats and it. bracelets, bitch. Like, this is what we yeah. do now. Yes. Oh. Yes. I Dude, love I'm it. So I love stoked. it. I'm so stoked. I can't thank yeah. you enough, Gage, for coming on. It's, uh, it's Absolutely. been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. It, pleasure is all mine, and we'll do it again soon. We got to. Yeah, yeah. So it'll Anytime be cool. You want, and then, yeah, just obviously we'll, we'll be in touch. So let me know if you guys can – I know you got to do a whole thing when you leave the country, so maybe we can just wait till if things cool down. You can come It'll chill. never cool down, but I'll find a way. That's true. Don't yeah. worry. Find a way. We'll I always in. find a way. Oh, don't – I dress we up, know dress people. Dress up as a moose. No, we don't need to. We know people that will move me. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. We all I'm know the right people. We all know you and I That's know the right, right people. Don't worry about it, brother. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I uh I always mean. tell I'll leave you with this. I always tell okay. Tier, I go, I go, hey man, um, next time you come to town, will you do my war face for me? And he's like, What? And I'm like, <laughs> I want you to I want you to paint my face like my, my battle face and goes like, you want like a design? No, no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. You know how you like used to paint your face for like, for work, like special forces stuff. He's like, for work. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you used to like carry a machine gun and like, look cool. Like, can you do that for me? And he just goes, he goes, you want me to just paint your face, like put camo on your face? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to do my war face. And he's just like, and then what? I go, that's it. I, just want, I want my war face. And he's just like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> I go, look, bro, you used to do it, okay? You had your face painted and you carried a machine gun. And I, I chose fashion, okay? I didn't choose that life. You know, the fashion oh. life chose me. You know? I was so. just going to say that life chose you, my friend. It chose yeah, you. I guess it I'm did. so glad I'm it did, though. For it. <laughs> I'm me fucking too. glad you're it. here for it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> God damn it. That's brilliant. All right. Well, this was amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you again. For real. Thanks, Gage. Stick with me here for a second and I will uh, yeah. see y'all next week.